Welcome to the Join the Revolution podcast. Here are your hosts, Jim Montgomery and Cody Sandlin. What's up, everybody? Jim Montgomery here with Revolution Drill Bits. Uh, coming at you today solo. Cody, Cody couldn't be with us today. He's uh, obviously too much of a busy man selling drill bits that he doesn't have time to do a podcast, but no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, Cody's busy and couldn't join us, so I'm riding solo. Uh, I'm not going to be on here too terribly long today, but there's been some things crossing social media on LinkedIn uh, and a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. You know, the first thing is the King of Diamonds Drill Bit Forum is coming up Thursday, February 8th uh, at Southwestern Energy here in Houston, Texas. Uh, it's actually in spring where Southwestern's office is. It's put on by the International Association of Directional Drilling. Uh, if you didn't get to attend last year, I would encourage you to attend this year. Uh, there's going to be a number of great presentations there. Um, Paul Pastusic is going to be there, obviously the legend in the house. Dickie Hall is going to be there. He's always great to listen to. Uh, Molly Giltner is going to be there. She's a rock star. I've worked with Molly um, at Oxy. Uh, a few years ago when she was just a young drilling engineer and, and you knew that she was going to be climbing the ladder and, and going places. So there will there will be a number of great presenters there. And then, of course, um, some distinguished people from the drill bit providers are going to be there to kind of pull back the veil on some of the things that they're learning and studying. Uh, and it, it'll be just great. I love events like this that are focused uh, on drill bits. Uh, so register and attend. Uh, and, and be there. Be curious to hear your feedback on the forum and the presentations that happen. Um, I'm planning on being there, uh, Lord willing, if business doesn't get in the way. So the other thing that I want to talk about is there's there's been a paper floating around on LinkedIn uh, with lots of people giving their, their thoughts and opinions, um, and I'm going to link uh, to that paper the, the, the in the description. Um, I'll put the link to that paper so that you can download it and read it. I am not going to spill a lot of details or go into great details on the paper tonight um, because I think these guys have worked incredibly hard to put together the data that they've put together and they deserve to, to be paid for their efforts. So go get behind the paywall, pay for the paper, read it, download it. Curious to hear your thoughts and feedback on it. But I, I want to talk about something real specific. And I, I want to mention first that it is mentioned in the paper that Drill bit selection guidelines are just guidelines, and they encourage you to do your own research and development. But I think as an industry, we kind of know what guidelines are. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just a few years ago that we went through 2020 and, and the COVID guidelines that turned into hard lines. And I think it's a very scary thing for our industry when we begin to put ourselves in a box, and these guidelines become eventual hard lines, and they they. They are hard lines in certain places already. Um, to go to work for some people, you have to live inside this box. And really, I think just the overarching theme, which is what I want to talk about, about the idea of drill bit selection guidelines and a checklist, is that it is very damning for our industry. How woefully underperforming drill bit companies must have been for an operator to put us inside of a box and say, these are the things that we want you to do that you must do to get the work with us. 
only because why? It has to be only because the drill bit industry has woefully underperformed, overpromised, and underdelivered to the point now where we now have guidelines given to us by an operator who holds the rig count, they hold the buying power. Right? And so I, first I've got to say that if I'm a major drill bit provider, I am thrilled. I am thrilled to go apart, you know, go along with these guidelines. If you're telling me that all I have to do is live inside this checklist box and I already have the S on my chest or the brand on my chest and I can bust through these doors because my brand gets me in. Now I'm inside your checklist box of guidelines as a major drill bit operator thinking from a sales standpoint. Now we're going back to the yesteryear, baby. I put my best entertainer on that account. My most likable applications engineer. We're bringing the best breakfast, going to the best lunches. We're hitting up the ball games. We're having a great time. Because now I need your engineers to like my guy. So that I get more of the work. Rather than liking my performance. Because they put my performance in a box. Right? And this, this type of philosophy, this idea does the very thing to the drill bit industry that we are accused of already being. I can't tell you how many customers that I've gone and visited said, you know, you guys are basically, you're, you're all the same. You all have the same general philosophy on drill bit design. You all have the same cutter technology. Uh, you, you all kind of look, walk, talk, and act the same. And for me, it's, it's borderline offensive, right? I mean, I have to hear it and I have to listen to it, but it's borderline offensive because we are not all the same. And we started Revolution Drill Bits to actually be the anti-status quo group, right? To go in and push the boundaries of performance, bit run to bit run, design, 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 till we chase perfection until we're dead tired. And we know that perfection is not attainable, but we're still in the continual chase for it, the constant pursuit of it. 20% better, 5% better, 10% better. Where are we going next, right? How do we push the boundaries of performance? Because as an industry, we have to continually getting better. And a drill bit design checklist says, hey, just do these things. And as an operator, we'll take care of everything else on the back end. We'll find better rotary steerable systems and better motors, and we'll have better directional planning uh, and better targets. And we'll mess with parameters and we'll line this thing out. Just don't change your end, right? Well, that kills creativity and it kills competition. And those are two things that we absolutely cannot have in the drill bit industry. We cannot kill creativity and we cannot kill competition. That should be an absolute no-go. Competition breeds success. You can't put us in a box. Some of the greatest drill bit inventions and ideas came pre-deep leach cutter, right? And if I take you back just for a little bit, I was working for a drill bit company running bits on the rig. Um, in East Texas, and we had developed the first drill bit for Encana that drilled a thousand over a thousand feet in the Travis Peak in East Texas with cold cutters. These were not deep leach cutters. We did not have access to that technology. Nobody did at that time. And then about a year later, 
Reed Heikelog NOV comes rolling through with their eight blade double row with T-Rex cutters in it. And a thousand feet wasn't the bar anymore. It was 2000 feet. And as a company that was small and didn't have that technology, we were out at the snap of a finger. How awesome is competition and innovation, right? It's awesome. The strides that were made because of the advent of the deep leach cutter. But as an industry, we have kind of sat on our thumbs, if you will, since the invention of the deep leach cutter for the most part. And there's a few of us out there that are still very dialed into drill bit design. And I'm not going to name names, but you probably know who they are. But from an industry standpoint, since the invention of the deep leach cutter and it made its way into the market, drill bit design has become kind of cookie cutter, right? And it kind of seems like we're all just kind of sitting back waiting on the next great cutter invention to come around to make us take another 10% of improvement. And it's why our belief is that bit design is not dead. And it doesn't need to be put into a checklist box. It needs to be constantly refined and worked on to push the boundaries of performance so that we can drill these things faster than ever before, so that we can shave time off of intervals. And even though the best today, right now as an operator, may be the best you have ever done, is it where you want to be? And if that's where you want to be forever, then sure, put yourself in a checklist box. Look, if you have the staying power, that an Exxon Mobil has, or an Oxy has, or a Southwestern Energy has, Chesapeake, whatever the new name is going to be, you can absolutely live inside that checklist box. You can you can have that. You've got the staying power. When things get rough and things get bad, the layoffs are going to come, and, and you're going to weather the storm, but you'll still have rigs standing in the air. You'll still be drilling. While other people in the industry are fading off and falling away, you've got the staying power. So I get it, and I understand the checklist. I personally think it's an indictment on the drill bit industry. For fancy marketing and over-promising of what the next drill bit design is going to do for you, and then it not delivering, and then ramming that down your throat because that's the next line of product. So this is what you get. This is what you have to run. And I think... From the drill bit side point of view, this checklist box says we do not trust you anymore. We're going to run you because you're the ones that got drill bits. At the end of the day, I mean, we have to run you. Right? Because I've never seen one foot of hole drilled without a drill bit on the end of the string. You can't do it. You got to have a drill bit. But a, a checklist box says we don't trust you anymore. We've done our own research and development. And to work for us, these are the things that you have to do. My, how our industry has disappointed the buyer. That's my take from my point of view. I, I don't speak for anybody else, but from my point of view, it's damning. Right? And, and not to go on too much of a, a sales pitch here, but I am the vice president of sales and marketing here at Revolution Drillbits. This is exactly why we got in the industry. And don't get me wrong. Now, if, if one of these big operators called and said, hey, we need you on 18 rigs tomorrow, we, we can't do that. I can't do it. I can't ramp up fast enough to get on. It would take me quite a while to be able to support that amount of drilling rigs. I don't have thousands of drill bits in my fleet from five years ago that I can just dump onto your rig to get a bit run. And we don't believe in doing that anyway. 
But my challenge is, if you want to see the performance improve from the majors, put us on one rig. It doesn't have to be your best performing rig. Just put us on one rig with a hungry drilling engineer who's looking to make some changes, who's got the courage to break away from the status quo and say, I think I can do things differently. Put us on one rig just for a little while and see what happens. I know what will happen. I've seen it happen at the customers that we're working for today. We just started in a 12 and a quarter inch interval last year about midsummer for an operator drilling in the Delaware Basin. Okay, it was a 12 and a quarter inch intermediate interval. Our first design was about the top third of the pack, right? It wasn't at the record run level. Before they could drill their horizontal sections and move the rig, our new bit design was there. And that rig came in, and that new bit design came in second place. And before they could drill their horizontals and move to the next pad, the new bit design was there. And it was a 20% improvement in performance, a 40% reduction in slide time, and it hasn't been caught today. It stands as the record. And they're getting closer. But guess what? We're also now working on improving upon our success. That's how progress is made in the industry. And so when I see a drill bit design checklist, the name for that that pops into my brain, and again, I'm not disrespecting all the data that went in into this process, and I completely get why something like this exists, but I would call it the complacency checklist. Because again, as I said, if, I, if I'm a major drill bit provider, you've given me a box to design my bit by to get your work and I'm already a major drill bit provider who I know you're going to run because I've got the technology and I've been here for 100 years and I've got the staying power. Absolutely sign me up. Let's go in there and get some people to really, really like us because performance is just going to be pretty level across the board. Oh, sure, somebody will beat somebody here and there. We'll all jockey back and forth. But... For the most part, if we live inside this checklist box, we're all going to be really close. So now it's about my customer service aspect. And we worked, again, we've worked so hard to get away from that in the industry that my fear when I see something like this is we're going to walk ourselves right back into it. If we don't stay focused on performance, continual competition, we should be fighting each other in the drill bit industry, not maliciously. But we should be battling and fighting against each other every single day to drive performance to the next level. And I understand that most of the majors can't do that. Not down the road that they can't do that. They just can't do that rapidly. When you have thousands of drill bits in the fleet under certain model numbers and certain product rollouts, this industry is about making money. They have to make money on that product. They don't make any money by throwing it in the trash. So it's going to be a slower process for them to get to the next iteration. And we can say, oh, well, it takes time and we've got a lot of research and development to do. Yes, we do. But let's not skip the harsh reality that they don't sell drill bits for free. They have to make money on them, just like we do. We just prefer to make money on ours. And the only way we really do, because we're not a major and we haven't been around for 100 years, and for the most part, nobody really knows who we are. We have to perform to sell drill bits. I was just having this conversation the other day um, inside of a mid-level mid operator. And it, it's really simple, right? 
you know, we get the argument that I don't want to be the guinea pig often, right? At some point, at some time, and I understand the argument, right? I understand the risk averseness, but at some point, sometime, Tarex got their first run with the operator, Slumberjay, Baker Hughes. At some point, at some time, somebody got their first run, okay? Now, I get that, right? I get the risk averseness. I, I, I get that. Risk mitigation. Fully understand it. But we aren't going to stay in business at Revolution Drill Bits by selling bad bit runs. We just aren't. There's no way for us to stay around selling a bad, terrible performing product. Bits that come up short of the interval and cause bit trips and aren't at the top end of the list in performance. We don't stay around for very long. The risk actually might be greater to remain complacent rather than getting us involved. Because somebody out there is. I know because we're working for some of those somebodies. Somebody out there is looking to go to the next level. So that's my challenge. If there's a major major operator that, that listens to this podcast, I don't know who's going to listen to it. Put us on one rig and see what happens. Right? We've, we've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing to lose. You've got your checklist box that you got to live inside, that the other guys are living inside. Put us on one rig, one opportunity. Let us run through the, the intervals, intermediate, curve, horizontal. Let us go work for that success and see what happens. Performance will change across the board. Everybody's going to bring it, and that is what is great for our industry. When everybody is running the race at red line, pushing as fast and as hard as we can to get to that next level, because that's what sustains us and keeps us around. You're doing it better today than you've ever done it, but is it where you want to be? That's my question. Is it where you want to be? So I'm going to jump off of here. I think I've preached long enough on this, but, you know, and it, again, it's just my take. I think the information in the paper is fantastic. Go check it out. Go read it. Let me know your thoughts and feedback on that. I just think from, from my point of view as a drill bit provider, one, it's damning. It's an indictment on our industry of over-promising and under-delivering. And I think, two, it puts us in a box that eliminates competition, which builds complacency. Complacency is the absolute enemy to success and progress. We can't make it that way. So I'm going to jump out of here. Thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Revolution Drill Bits, you can hit us up on our LinkedIn page or you can message me personally. Um, you can check us out on our website, www.revdrillbits.com, uh, or you can hit, you can call our phone. It's 832-299-BITS. Uh, we look forward to hearing your feedback and talking to you. Um, I'm going to get out of here. We'll, Cody and I will jump back on a podcast here in a couple of weeks and, and talk to you about some things that we got going on. But I hope you've enjoyed the show. I look forward to seeing you out at the, the King of Diamonds presentation if you're there. Uh, again, I'm Jim Montgomery. Uh, thanks for listening, and there's never been a better time, especially right now when we're trying to get put into a box for designs to join the revolution.